so pretty. <laughs> I was thinking the clap, but yeah. Oh, I'm gorgeous. Yeah. I don't need you. I don't need you to make me feel better about myself. Thank you. No, I know that's what your wife's for. Um, are you ready to begin <laughs> slow coughs and rewrites? If that's what she's for, she is not doing a very good job. <laughs> My self-esteem <Aww>. is terrible. <laughs> oh, well, well. Just Sorry, kidding. She makes uh. me feel very good about myself. Even mm-hmm. lies to my face. Oh, that's, that's what a partner's for, right? To lie and make you feel better? I, I'm a firm believer in that. It's not what I do, oh, yeah. but, you know, it's what I assume <laughs> my partner does to me. He tells me I'm awesome all the time. And you're like, okay, champ, slow <clears throat> your roll. Yeah, at one point he called me a hero, and I'm like, oh, all right, let's not get carried away. Um, you did it. You're a hero. <laughs> I know, right? It, it only took me 28 years. So I, I love that the level of energy is just like, we're like, we're good, like 5.25, I think, right now on the uh, enthusiasm scale. I am working on acquiring more energy. I got my I got my little helper here. Yeah. I we really should. Little... I'm glad I'm explaining that that's an inhaler. Because that could just be like, oh, it's like a harmonica. Right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, in another context, this this is definitely a recreational device. Ah. Uh... <gasps> That's a really great <laughs> Yeah, Don't laugh Woo! at yourself too much. I think the best thing that will come from your illness is you'll stop laughing so much at your own jokes. I don't think there is a disease on this earth that could prevent me from laughing at my own jokes. Right. At least not for very long. You could tell me it'll kill you. If you laugh at another one of your jokes, it'll kill you. And I, I would have to say my goodbyes. <laughs> preface to our audience that we are both ill quite at this point i think i think you're going on what 18 days 16 days 18 days 17 days 15 or six probably about 16 days since i started this cough since your last confession and i went to the doctor on day 14 because i'm a douche it's the montana mentality (sighs) we rub some dirt in it until we no, we absolutely can't be better. No, no, it's fucking startup culture, quote unquote, of like being available at all times and answering emails on the weekend True. and that kind of bullshit. And then when I forego going to the doctor because I'm under a tremendous amount of pressure to get some stuff done, then I'm then I'm being ridiculous. I'm like you're the you're the people making me work 65 hours a week. You're being ridiculous. Enough about that. This it is not sounds, about this is Super fun. I I play Mexico. Mexico got me sick. Oh, wow. I thought you meant for working conditions in the U.S., and that was going to take this in a very different direction. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think we've talked about my political stance for a while, so let's get to it. Um, no, I got back from Mexico last week because my life's hard, and the climate was so extremely different and having rested my body have you ever noticed that like you go on vacation and you actually like lay down for like two days and don't do things that then your body's like oh you're gonna die now (laughs) and just like lets you get sick something is wrong something is so very wrong i have to say this is more sick than i've been any other winter since before i moved really yeah, I'm normally not this consistently ill. Because, hmm. like, I, if I think about it, since November, I've had something or another. Like, it seems like at least for, like, two weeks out of each month, it seems like there's been something wrong. But I've never sounded this great before. Hmm. It's an improvement from yesterday when you sounded pubescent. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a little bit better. <laughs> Right now, I sound like I'm trying to take the voice of a of a half marlin, half damsel, and uh, singing a nice solo about all the other people who I've done that to. I feel like you sound like a roadie for Alanis Morissette. 
I feel like I sound like someone who has followed Katie Lang exclusively for the last 15 years. Or somebody who follows Kathy Lee Gifford on Twitter. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Or that person that asks for like a dollar so they can buy Lucy's at the bodega. Oh, you do sound like that person. Not dollar daddy <laughs> lady, but like, like someone hitting you up for a buck. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel like I'm like asking people for money. So this is your shakedown voice. <laughs> yeah, this is this is my I need I need you to give me money voice. <sighs> I know no other life. Uh, but yeah, so it's been really fun being sick for a consistent amount of time. I was on bed rest for a few days last week. Is there a blizzard outside? What? <laughs> What's going on? We, we we had blizzard conditions today, state of emergency and all that. So Ooh. even if I it just rained hadn't had a doctor's note, I would have been home and not doing anything. Well, that's that's good. It rained here, so I have been working. But I'm in I am in a slow I am in a slow climb to give myself more free time. Um, not necessarily like that wasn't the end goal, but it will be that. How's that process going? It's I mean, I'm very thorough and I'm a good communicator. And so no one's like taken aback by my choices. So it's just more the uh, uh, having the, the serious talk and being like, this is what I can offer, like as far as my energy goes and my schedule goes and this is what I can do. And so my last meeting is on Thursday and then I'll have a pretty good understanding of what my schedule is going to look like for the next few months, which will be nice. But with illness and with my insane work schedule as of late, which I'm sure you have no idea what this is about. Yeah. No. But um, Can't I am I am immensely frustrated that I have since I wrote a ton in Mexico and then the like two days after I returned, but I have like written nothing since then. I don't think I've written in ten days, probably. Yeah, I, mean, I think this is the longest. Yeah, this is like I think I might be going on ten or like seven, eight at least yeah and that's like the most i've ever gone yeah i just i've had the energy of a hungover teenager like just all i want is a nap (laughs) i just want a nap and i feel frustrated i've been good about writing down ideas which i don't count as writing um but i've been good at writing down ideas and lines still um and i had a had a talk with another collaborator about some projects that we want we had like a two and a half hour meeting which was nice but it's still it's like that i count as like going to a costume fitting for theater or film like yeah Mm -hmm. it's part of the work but it's not the work so that was nice but it's uh it's frustrating to feel like you have no time and no energy and no foreseeable point in the future when that's going to stop. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I've I've got my own specific timeline on things. And since nobody I work with listens to this podcast, because I've made sure of that, um, I am actively exploring other options. <laughs> yeah, and I I think next next week I'm going to have the ballsiest conversation I've ever had with somebody I think about employment like I'm straight up asking somebody for a job and I have not done that before it's been much more like the dance of like oh well if you ever need any help yeah or like oh that's so interesting (laughs) oh yeah that that dance we've done our whole lives is like polite Montana kids like well I just like to help out you know oh that's really interesting I'd love to know if you're ever hiring instead of just like, I'm going to sit someone down and say, what would it take for me to get a job with you? Mm. Are you going to use those hand gestures? I'm going to use these exact hand gestures. I'd like you to describe them in this, since apparently we use this word now, this term now, theater of the mind. 
Um, That's I just I just did it twice. I've just done it twice, and I don't I didn't start that. I know you didn't start it, but the infection is spreading. I know it really is. Well, it's sort of like when you hang out with certain people and you notice certain like phrases that they they say, and then you realize you're starting to say them like that. It that happened to me a lot in college. Was, I was... Have we picked up any of each other's vernacular? No, we haven't. Like, yeah, that's I th- odd. I think we, the thing is, we like quote similar things, and so that's kind of why I don't think we have. Yeah, our Venn diagrams are fairly well overlapped. Yeah, I think it's honestly, it's like really resembling a butt. It's very much a butt. Our Venn diagram. Our Venn diagram is a butt, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, no, so I, 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 I would say your hand gestures looked like a stepladder, but um, before you brought up theater of the mind, I was going to say, I feel like you should just do an impression of Jeremy Piven on Entourage, and that's how you're going to get your job. I think there's no way that won't work. I want to make one thing abundantly clear to you, Adair. The fact that I was in a fraternity does not mean that I have ever watched Entourage. I've never watched Entourage either. I'm not. A, I'm not aware of this person. I. Uh, I, I. He's. He's just like. It's just like. Um, I'm trying to think of someone else who like. I mean, I'm aware of plenty of people. It doesn't mean I've seen the things they've done. Like I've never. Oh, I know. I've never seen Borat, but or Napoleon Dynamite. But neither I'm have I. I was just talking to Austin about I that. I know Wait. on a podcast, and I listened to it, and I was like, I've never seen Borat either. Right. I feel like it's one of those things, like, honestly, growing up around nerds and theater dorks, I probably could have gotten away with never seeing Monty Python and the Holy Grail, and I would have still known the entire movie, because it was so heavily quoted. Yeah, that's sort of how I feel, and I mean, I think it was a good way for me in college to weed out potential partners, because if they (laughs) quoted it, I knew that I didn't want to be around them so that was nice for me so it also meant that I was celibate for a majority of college but yeah I've never saw Napoleon Dynamite either and so I think like it's but it is one of those things that like Jeremy Piven's character and I'm gonna I want to say his name's Ari or something like that but he's like he I just remember hearing like the catchphrases like Hug it out, He's bitch. He's the sleazy businessman yeah. one. Yeah, he says, like, hug it out, bitch, or something like that. I don't know. Gotcha. But. Gotcha, gotcha. But, yeah. What are some other What are some other cultural uh, touchstones that you've missed out on? Like, what are some other things that people quote or know or reference that you're like, nah, I'm good? Um, I never actually, I don't think I ever watched Citizen Kane. Huh. I'm trying to think if I've seen it in its entirety or not. I mean, like, I know I've seen bits of it because they're, like, Turner Classic Movies did, always does those, like, clips, but... Speaking of which, Robert Osborne died. What? When? Like, a week ago. The host of Turner Classic Movies. Yeah, no, I, I'm yeah. surprised I haven't heard that. God, yeah. 2017, when will it end? <laughs> Honestly. I saw somebody posting about Don Knotts dying. And I had to let it go and let someone else on the internet go. Yeah, that was 12 years ago. <laughs> oh, Gone with the Wind. I've never seen Gone with the Wind. Really? That surprises me. I mean, I watched the beginning, I think, but that's about it. And then he took a two-hour nap and woke up for the end. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm... I'm or a talking... three-hour nap. God, that movie's long. <laughs> I was talking to my mom recently about how there was a time in my life, because my mom loves political films, but not, like, political films that are intense. She likes, like, an American president. <laughs> oh, so not, like, all the president's men? No. And so she likes, like, Michael Douglas is the president, and Annette Bening is is a reporter, and he's trying to woo her. But... Uh, I remember that my mom watched that movie a lot when I was growing up, and I fell asleep before the end of that movie so many times that I finally just was like, how does that movie end? Like, I'm genuinely 
I'm genuinely perplexed how this film ends. My mom's like, well, it turns out he has a rose garden because the whole movie he's trying to get her roses. And I'm like, oh, I'm okay with slipping through that. Um, it, it, that's when you wish you could be with the screenwriter working on the third act. And he's like, yeah, this is good. This is good. And then I just hit him and I'm like, no! <laughs> get him to do something about the budget! This is the president! Why is he dicking around with a rose garden? Uh, we don't know. We don't know. Let's win weight in American <laughs> Also, actually, speaking of Americans, American Psycho. Never got through it. That one's tough. I think unreliable narrators in film are challenging. But in books are fucking awesome. In books, it's a little more like... I think the separation of reading text makes it more palatable and more possible. Like... Or at least it it doesn't feel like a psychedelic trip. It doesn't feel like somebody fucking with you. I think that, um, you know, the notion of trusting our eyes and you have to see it to believe it, that sort of thing, we're very visually oriented. And if a film has an unreliable narrator, it's kind of a betrayal of a contract with the audience i think it works but only if that's really clearly communicated early on that you can't trust the narrator if you don't make that entirely clear i think it's a problem i think it has to be done well in order for it to be good which like and it if it isn't done i mean there's certain like kind of types of narration where i feel like you know it can be a subpar film and it can still be like all right but i think with that you're really you have to bring your a game for it because it's not going to turn out well if you don't and mm-hmm. i mean i like i mean like i liked gone girl and girl on a train as books but it was hard for me to watch them as films honestly because it's not well relayed that's another problem internal monologue yeah going from book to film it's so much it seems like an intimate little secret on the page, and it feels like a spoon-fed manifesto on the screen. It's true. Like, we get it. Ah, oh, you're crazy. <laughs> you really want to fuck with Ben Affleck. Oh. We get it. You've got an ego. It's cool. What are you doing with that wine bottle? Oh, my God. <laughs> run, Neil, run. <laughs> Shit, she killed Barney. <laughs> <clears throat> I like to think that he survived and then became Count Olaf. <laughs> Man, I, we should really create an origin story for uh, uh, for Neil Patrick Harris based on all of his characters. A complete timeline of Neil Patrick Harris. Starting with Every Doogie. Every role, starting with Doogie, chronological order. How Doogie and just... Hauser became Count Olaf. A dare. I think, I think that needs to happen. If there was ever fanfic that was demanded by fans. It is this fic. Mm-hmm. What, are, there, <laughs> are there any uh, films or cultural references you feel you missed the boat on? Never read The Great Gatsby. Mm. Yeah, just never. I tried twice in high school and... You know, I mean, John Green said it really well in an interview that uh, as a reader, you there is a certain amount of work that you have to do. You have to be ready to read that book. There are books that you can try at a certain age or a certain mood or a certain time that it's just not going to work for you. And I don't think I've ever been in a place where I should I should try again. I know I should. but um, You've never been drinking a cocktail in the Hamptons and thought the time is now. You know, that's a possibility for me this summer. So maybe I'm going to I'm going to shuffle my my reading list around and I'll put uh put that there. Um What are some other big ones? I didn't see Jerry Maguire for a really long time. You know, Mostly. what's interesting is Skyler is a huge Tom Cruise fan. The act, like the the acting, not him as a human. Um but uh <laughs> He really likes Tom Cruise films, and he was watching Jerry Maguire recently, like a few weeks ago, and he was t- 
talking to me about it and I'm like I was a little perplexed because I was like why is he like so excited about this or uh, like it just seemed very mm-hmm. weird I realized he's never seen it and it was the first time he was watching it was like in line waiting to go and see the Lego Batman <laughs> this is the person I have chosen <laughs> that's that's pretty good <clears throat> but yeah so it's one of those things that like you'd think that everyone saw it but no you know what I've never seen? Godfather Part Two. Oh, but never that's the best it. one. I, I love The Godfather, and I've never seen Part Two. Have you two. seen Godfather Part Three? I've seen I've seen part of it, and I and I was okay. You should have put that energy into Godfather Part Two. I know, I know. No. Yeah, and um, I, and like I know the trivia about it. I know things around it. I'm like, it's just never. It's not the kind of movie that people are throwing throwing uh, parties for, typically. Or yeah, you, uh, you need to be in that place. You need to be uh-huh. in Italy. You need to have your 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 wine. Like what you should do is you should bring your computer and Godfather Part Two to that Italian restaurant that you were at recently that we went to that one night, and then just Absolutely. watch it, drink wine. I was thinking I would actually go to Little Italy and set up at a booth at cafe roma and just to and just put like a hundred dollar bill down and say every time my cannoli's gone just bring me another cannoli until this runs out keeping 30 percent off the top for yourself i'm gonna sit mm-hmm. here and watch godfather part two on my laptop hey <laughs> leave the bill take the cannoli <laughs> yep i i like it I, I i would do that but i don't want to it's like, I mean, it's one of those things that, especially as time goes on, you know how things end, and so it's just sort of like, well, I mean, it's a spoiler alert. Like, you, you know, people are gonna die, and things. It's are getting explode. harder just with movies in general. Like, if you don't see, even if you try to see something opening night, the spoilers infect the popular culture conversation so quickly. That's true. It's, and the clickbait I mean, articles. I couldn't yeah. believe that ending of Logan. Which I... The ending of Logan is a pretty easy guess. Yeah, it's the last Wolverine movie. Right? Like, how do, what, what would make this the last one? What would add some finality to this? I mean, hmm. but even then, not crazy finality. Because <laughs> we've killed Professor yeah. X a few times. And he yeah, keeps right? coming back. I, I was just I was kind of hoping that for a post credit sequence where just the claws come out of the, the grave. Claws come out of the grave. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, or like Get Out, which I really want to go see. I just have been sick and haven't had an opportunity. Yeah, to I do go. too. But I, it's been ruined for me. I know what happened. Exactly. I know that. I know the twists and turns, and I and I knew somewhat based on an interview with him talking about the Stepford Wives. Uh, Keep um, Jordan. Shit, not Keegan Michael Key. Jordan, Jordan Peele. Peele. Um, Kelsey Peretti's husband, yes. Yes. With him talking about some of his favorite horror movies, like Rosemary's Baby and The Stepford Wives, and how he really liked those social, psychological horror movies, Mm -hmm. um, and applying that to the black experience. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. And then you watch the trailer, and you're like, wait, are they... Uh," And then you read one article, and you're like, ah, damn it, why did I read this? (laughs) No, I do too. I've heard it's really, really good. I might see if Megan wants to go because she's my horror movie friend. Really? Megan, my friend who likes to go to horror movies. Yeah, she loves horror movies. Like, I would not have guessed that about her. Month of October, watch her Twitter, and she does this thing called Meg Watches Horror, where she like just like goes in because she knows all the trips. She's been watching them since she was a kid, and I should we should have her on sometime and talk about horror movies and the nature of like or books and film and TV shows, like, as far as that goes, because she has really interesting insight about it and has great recommendations. That's fun. I like that. I've got got several horror movie ideas. I should bounce them off her. You should. She is a a plethora of information regarding that. Encyclopedic, as it were. Yes, indeed. Um, Speaking of films... We finally tallied our Oscar, our, no. os- our Oscar ballots, and I'll just I'll just read off how we did. Skylar got ten, correct. Dan, you did thirteen, and I 
beat you by just one with 14. And and there were two there were two on there where um, I had second like runner up choices circled and I was yeah. like oh, this this could be and I just and if I had just done if I'd just done one of those we would have had a tie and then we would have had to do some sort of showdown on this episode which would have been great um, um, but that's not and what you instead did I will I will humbly congratulate you Th- thank you um, but what is funny was when I was doing this because I I waited until the last minute I did this yesterday. <laughs> But I, uh, I was doing the tallies, but I was listening to the podcast because I totally forgot what you guys voted for. And so I was like doing the tallies and everything. And I would, you would guess one, you would start talking about one and then, but you'd be like, and, and then you'd say like, but I also think this one has a chance. And I'm like, but which one did you go for? And you're like, but I'm putting down this one. And I'm like, oh, Dan, you were so close. I know. And there was one time where you had, you, we would have tied if Skylar hadn't, you wanted to give Hell or High Water, I think, um, the nom for screen for screenplay, uh, and Skyler was originally going to do it, but then he switched, and so you did. Uh, you had the right answer, but then you moved over to Hell or High Hell or High Water, um, mm-hmm. and that was like what did you in, and I was like, oh damn it, it's Skyler's fault. I got sucked in. I got sucked into his little game, his little <laughs> theater of the mind. That's not what theater of the mind means, I'm pretty sure. Nope. I'm just going to start throwing it out there. <laughs> yeah, he totally... You, if I've learned you. anything from the President of the United States, it's that if you just say things, some people are just going to believe you. Okay. I mean, that is the theater of the mind. If, theater if of the I, mind. <laughs> this ever... is a classic example of theater of the mind. Begs the question, really. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Uh, <laughs> speaking of theater of the mind, it reminds me of a quote. <laughs> Effortless. <laughs> Actually, there was a much better place like ten minutes ago that I could have put it in, but we got into a different conversation, as you do. So, I apologize. Uh, at, no, 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 no. It's it's a joy to be with you. So, as we are as we are struggling right now because we are ill and tired and just losing control of everything. Um, do whatever brings your it brings you to life. Then follow your own fascinations, obsessions, and compulsions. Trust them. Create whatever causes a revolution in your heart. Elizabeth Gilbert. I could have done a, that better, a, but I didn't. From a book that a, a friend of mine gave me. It was you. You're the friend. I know. I know. You guys didn't guess because theater of the mind. Theater of the mind. <laughs> <clears throat> can't laugh too much because then we're just going to start coughing and then this is going to be like 30 minutes of us wheezing. Yep, good idea to mute while you're coughing. Actually used my mute button that time. (laughs) 30 minutes of wheezing. 30 minutes of coming (laughs) to you. Oh, God. I feel feel like I did when I was a child and had really bad asthma. Yeah, when I talk a lot, I like I have moments where I just like have to put my hands on my legs and just go. <sighs> Definitely stole my mom's inhaler. Breathe. Aww. Yep. I just stole my mom's vape pen. <laughs> you and your mom have an interesting relationship. We just have shared interests. <laughs> Parents and friendship are about right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how to get this out of this one. Backpedaling, um, so speaking also of Oscars and movies and being inspired and all that shenanigans, since we aren't really writing right now, uh, what are you watching slash reading uh, while you're sick? What's, what are your recommendations as you're sick? So um, part of this, uh, Whatever sort of infection it is that I have that's made the bronchitis get all crazy has also caused crazy pressure on my ears that's given me this, like, headache that's pretty constant. So I haven't been watching or reading much because it hurts my eyes. Oh, well. So what I have been doing is Done with this conversation. I've been listening to a shit ton of podcasts Mm. um, or TV shows that I've already watched and then just putting them on my phone and just turning my phone away so that it keeps playing. <laughs> like, I, I, watching 30 Rock without any visuals is really funny because you'll know a physical bit's going on because there's like a... 
It's just like an extended period of instrumental stuff. Uh, I found a podcast from two years ago called Limetown that is a narrative podcast that's maybe the up there with Alice's and Dead is probably the best narrative podcast I've found so far because I try to listen to a lot of those because I'm really interested in trying to do one. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a fairly common trope in the narrative podcast game which is presenting an NPR-esque interview show and they get too close to the material and it gets too real and it starts affecting their life and they have to go into hiding or whatever. And it's horror, mystery, whatever. But this one is very well done. It's short. They haven't done any since, but I'm about to finish it. And it's about a town that was established purely as a research facility. Mm -hmm. And 10 years ago, everybody on the research facility disappeared. And it's this investigative reporter. But there was actually a moment in the last episode that made me think of you. Um, Someone was mean, weren't they? There was a bitch. No, somebody somebody referred to someone as uh, their scarecrow. Said, I think I'll miss you most of all. And I was like, hmm. Yeah, so that Friendship. episode's entitled Scarecrow. That was like, no, but uh, yeah, I've been I've been big into that. I found a new writing podcast called Children of Tendu, which is uh, two uh, TV writers, one of whom uh, comes from the Joss Whedon world. He worked on Angel and Buffy and um, Firefly, and uh, the other guy has uh, worked on X-Files and like Deep Space Nine and a bunch of other stuff. So they're older and their view on TV is a little bit dated based on how long they've been in the industry. But they're they're very funny, very interesting, bantery guys. Um, so I've been listening to a lot of that one and catching up on Into the Echo because I'm back a few on that. Love you, Clark. Love you, Riley. Sometimes I just don't manage my time right. Yeah, I've been trying to get back on top of that. I was asking the Into the Echo guys for some music uh, recommendations as I was editing a lot. But yeah, yeah they are they are crazy helpful. Um, I saw, you know, that uh, Ward Stark's starting Prisoner of Azkaban soon. That they are. Back from there. I hiatus. follow Alyssa's Instagram because she and I read almost the exact same things. Like, I love it. Like, I get really excited. Alyssa is extremely well-read. Or well-read, as it were. Yeah, I actually, um, in my illness, have been reading Ready Player One, finally. Ooh, do you like it? I do. I'm surprised how much I like it, actually. Hmm. But with all the cold meds and stuff, it's really weird (laughs) to read when you're on cold meds. Like, it's real weird. And there's so much 80s, like, trivia and stuff. So I'm, like, of course, just, like, frothing at the mouth of excitement with that. But, like, just being, like, kind of, like, for all, for a better use of the term, I'm, I'm like, kind of high on cold meds. And so then I'm just, like, reading about 80s trivia and Lady Hawk and stuff. And I'm just like, yes, yes, I want all of this. But, yeah, it's one of the five books I am currently reading. What? What? Yeah. So. So many books to juggle. Well, some of them are smaller. I find I go in spurts where I want to read a lot or I want to write a lot. And I find it hard sometimes to switch gears. And Mm -hmm. the more I'm writing, the less I'm reading. Um, Yeah, I I feel the same way. Especially the further you get into something. Like, I've got a short story that I'm about 37 pages in. And it's hard to read something else when I've got that that I can just read to read my work and try and do some fixes and stuff. Yeah, I think for me, I've been laying out things that I, my bigger things that I want to like finish and once finish, one start. Mm -hmm. But it just seems a little immense right now considering my life feels a little like being sick and everything's in transition and like everyone in my life seems to be going through transitions and... So I'm just sort of at this point that I'm like, I need, I need to take a tea. I love that you just use the word transitions. The, mm-hmm. um, the acting master class that I go to every week is 
uh, incredible, life-changing, all that. But it's um, for a year, just over a year now, we've been having periodic conversations where instead of like we do three classes a month and we've been adding a fourth mm. one, we're just for four hours, we talk about transitions and life mm. and where we're all headed because we're all going in very different directions and doing interesting different stuff. But we all range in age from 26 to 72. So there's a huge cross-section of life. You've got somebody in their early 70s, somebody in their 60s, someone in their 50s, someone in their 40s. No, two people in their 40s, one person in their 30s, one person in their 20s. So, yes, that, that, that one's me. And <laughs> we've been having these periodic conversations about transitions and we started a year ago, and to see what's happened in everybody's life in a year, looking at the work we did then to where we are now, was really incredible. And to see like where people are headed and what they're doing and just the little, the ways of framing your life, your conversations, your goals, your interests, your passions, and distilling all of that down to try and find like your core values, the things that are most important to you, um, has been a very helpful exercise. And once you do that, looking around at everyone else in my life, you can, everyone is in a constant state of change. Everybody is. Mm -hmm. We're crazy like that. But it's been interesting to go through this really consciously and really trying to examine I know you, I'm not describing anything that you haven't been grappling with. I know, uh, like personal change and personal revelations. I, I know nothing of this. Yeah, I know you. You're you are in a constant state of stasis. That a dare. Been. She's pretty boring that way. Stuck in that cocoon for twenty-eight. You're turning twenty-nine yes. this year. Yes, I am. A few months. So close. I know. Last 20th, 20th birthday. What will I do to celebrate? I'm going to watch Hallie's Comet. Oh, yeah. That's right, ap it's, it's, that's right after. It's the week after. Yeah. It's like your birthday. It's like the day after your birthday. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's... No, it actually, it's the 28th. Is it the, the 28th, 28th or is it the 29th? Says, yeah. It's 28th, oh, actually. Itching. So, yeah. Well. Happy birthday to you. Ooh, I should go out of town. That'd be fun. Yeah. So I can actually see it's... the comet. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do, because I think I'll be going on a big bird trip right after that, so. Mm -hmm. Gotta do it all up. I think this is the year that both of our birthdays are on Saturdays. <gasps> is it really? I think both of our birthdays are on Saturdays, because our birthdays are on the same day, because they're a week apart, aren't they? They are indeed? Or is, I thought it was just over a week. Oh, I've um, no, it is it is a week. Yeah, Fridays. Wrong. Both of our birthdays are on Fridays. Yep. They're both on Fridays. Oops, my bad. You and my other friend Dan are both born on the 28th. You have another friend Dan who was born on the 28th of July? Yeah, but he'll be 32. Ew. Gross. Yeah. Right. Ugh. Um, he just broke his leg in a lot of places. Skiing. Also, I really enjoyed listening uh to your podcast on my way to mexico with um you were talking we had talked about this too where you were like i don't think any of my friends are like gonna get married and then i thought when we had had that conversation well we'll probably will get engaged soon and it was funny because you and i both had a friend that got engaged the like night before that podcast was that's aired, which i thought was super funny um but i like that will got engaged like right before the podcast got aired <laughs> I know, and he had kept it totally under wraps, and I just had had no idea. They kept it under wraps for a few days, but he came, speaking of, shout out to Will, he came and stayed for, I guess, five days, and it was delightful. Um, we were supposed He seems like a really awesome he's guy. fantastic. We were supposed to go see Colbert, and he got there 15 minutes late, and they gave away our tickets. And I was coming from oh, work, bummer. so I couldn't get there any sooner. But instead... We did what you and I do a lot of time when you're in the city. We just wandered. We just walked and talked. I love that. We wandered up and down the 50s on the east side, and it was amazing. I took him into his comic book shop for the first time, um, the Grand Central location of 
uh, Midtown Comics and bought him the first volume of Why the Last Man. Um, yeah, it was and it was one of those deep and earnest talks, and we just we talked about God, we talked about family, depression. It was amazing. It was fantastic. Uh, I feel like those three things do get lumped into in the same conversations a lot, right? And so, like, even though I was starting to get sick while he was here and I was not creating like I needed to be, I, um, you know, that's been another thing since I've been sick has been like I've been texting people a lot because I don't really feel like talking on the phone. So I've just been having quippy exchanges with like Clark and Austin and Maya and maybe you do you and i text Uh. yeah we text on occasion what has been what has been your your medicine what's been your remedy that's Um, non-pharmaceutical um i have been watching a lot of community uh i've been sitting and staring at the tv while my sister watches veep and it seems pretty funny um and uh and Glorious Bastards is probably, like, my go-to sick movie, to be completely honest. Like, this has been the case for, like, almost ten years. Not almost ten years. No, yeah. shit. It couldn't be that old. That movie I, that I guess, movie like, could be almost that old. I'm remembering that coming out while... I, no. I was in my early... No, I was in my 20s when it came eight. out. It might be eight. But since it came out, basically, it's been, like, my go-to sick movie, um, which is weird. But yeah, so I, that's definitely a go-to for me. Moana has been a go-to for me. Glorious Bastards came out in 2009. So it's, it's eight years old. Wow. God, I feel old right now. But yeah, so basically since I was like 2021. Um, I also really like to watch the original Star Wars movies when I'm sick. Hmm. Cause, and I also like to watch the Family Guy Star Wars because I find them hilarious. Um, I like the the cameos they give Meg. I think those are just oh god, they're the best. And I remember because I saw almost all of them with Chris Greensway. Oh, and Chris. Uh, he and I would like kind of guess what her cameo would be. So it was great. So that was a lot of fun. But yeah, so I've been doing that. I've been reading a lot, I'm watching watching a fair amount of Parks and Rec because that's a show that I kind of know like the back of my hand and so changing it up is like you know I can fall asleep and wake up and it's good and then I watched I tried to watch a few Oscar movies um once I got home oh what'd you watch I tried to watch Manchester by the Sea again but it didn't really work out so yeah I I've been sleeping more than anything else and also using the audio book app on my let for my my county's library which is awesome nice uh yeah and eating all the chicken noodle soup (laughs) i've realized like i really i'm a purist and i just go with those like styrofoam cups of cup of noodle when i'm sick it's so it's so legit um and saltine goldfish nothing nothing fancy just saltine a good sleeve of saltines i mean you can't beat it or oyster crackers I get the appeal. They're not as much a part of my life, but I get it. You know, it's good that we have differences. I don't invalidate your choices. I hear you. I hear you. I hear what you're saying. Mine are just different choices. Yeah. I heard you chose to go to brunch the other day. I did. It was a terrible idea. I was so tired. Yeah. It sounds like it was cold. It's freezing. No, I did a long event and I had agreed to do that like I don't know a week before when I was sick but it wasn't bad but yeah yeah well I listened to a podcast for like 20 minutes and was like is this literally all we're talking about it's a good and the answer was yes good bit, right? indubitably it's a good bit. <laughs> it was a good bit um it's like how Austin can't reach you mm-hmm. for me I would just like you to do voices so we can do different authors and i can just interview you (laughs) it's different authors uh i mean churchill wrote a lot i've got a decent churchill you want me you want me to be churchill and you can interview winston churchill no i'm good right now okay well i'll work on an ayn rand imitation i know how much you love that yeah we're besties 
But you know what? The fact is, Dan, you are also a real writer, and I am talking to you. And I would love to hear a poem from you. It's almost like you knew what I was going to read. <laughs> what, if I, what if I just swapped it out at the last second and was like, and here's your half of the side. We're going to read the first six pages from the play that I wrote. Well, I'd do it. I'd sound ridiculous, but I'd do it. Maybe we should read that, actually. Okay, next yeah, next reading, I want to do a scene from my play, because that's who I am. Can I have a southern accent? Uh, you can have a Wyoming accent. That just sounds like I'm from Montana. It sounds like you're from Montana, but slightly dumber. Shots fired, Wyoming! <laughs> what now? What you gonna do? Bore us to death? <laughs> Uh, Let's this... just, like, each each podcast, we just got to call out a state. Coming for you, New Hampshire, with your sensible legislations. Um, I am going to preface this poem by saying it is political, uh, there's naughty language, and I wrote it from a place of frustration. This poem is called Fane. Outrageous unconscionable, deplorable. Echoes of lines written by people untouched by the crimes they describe. Like a monarch attempting to chart the Mariana Trench, the recreational outrage of most is only good fun. Repugnant, anti-intellectual, backwards, the brands of the other are worn like a badge. Hayseeds and Rust Belt tramps united in their hatred of dismissal. Living and dying in your family home does not a monster make, yet all are called into question. Will you sign off on the camps? Will you help me feed my family? Hateful. Bigots. Fanatics. The sides don't matter. The words don't matter. The war is, some, is like some different iteration of a palindrome. Copies of copies reflecting back in a house of funny mirrors. Taking issue with issues we cannot know or change. You watched the world pass by, and I watched you and condemned. Elitist. Out of touch social dictator. Rhetoric is now rhetorical. Ask not, want not. A question of purpose or philosophy is blasphemy. Debate, debases, and writing can only be on the wall after it is submitted in triplicate. True believer, statist, enlightened one, your story and mine are not from the same book. Pages could be burned. Pages should be billboards. The words of a republic transcribed under mob rule, and you are picking the font. Pussy. Patriot. Criminal. Champion. You are writing... A story with heroes I've made devil. Your foils are my saviors. My chief concerns your unknown tale of woe. You watch the world go by. And we wound up dead in Denmark. Politics! So, yeah, so as I recall, this is actually a poem from our, from our blog. Because mm -hmm. when I was reading it, I was like, I feel like I have read this before. Um, and I liked it then too. I, I guess the thing that it brings me back to is honestly how it reflects very much how I think a lot of us felt in 2000, in 2017, at the start of 2017, when we realized we were, uh, we were so segregated as a country and I, I like it in that, I mean, me and you have differing opinions on some things and similar opinions on other things. We don't need to get into all the politics of it, but I respect that you and I will not always agree, but I don't think that 
that's a common thread right now in the country. It seems like it's, we choose how we feel about it and we choose the verbiage for it. But it is sort of that idea of like one man's trash is another's treasure. Like one man's patriot is another man's pussy. Like that's, that's just how it goes. Like we don't agree and we feel we need to label something and it just segregates us more. Yeah. And I think it's a well done poem for that. Like I think it really does. It shows the divisiveness. Thank you. I think it needs another pass at a certain point. Um, but I'd also, I think the thing that drives me crazy is, I don't want to get political, but I need to say a couple of specific things just to illustrate my point. Uh, I identify mm-hmm. as being like a libertarian, and some of my best friends are communists those are ideological opposites but we're friends and we can talk about politics and neither of us are threatening to kill each other or dox each other or think each other is shit like i am interested in people's beliefs and why they believe them but if you have beliefs if you have firmly held convictions that's cool that's an interesting thing about you. And I think that's something that we should be able to talk about without destroying each other. Like without falling into some chaotic mess of vile vitriol. And there are clearly some that are more guilty of that than others right now. But it is rampant in our political system that if you disagree, you are advocating for inaction or the exact opposite you disagree with somebody then you are if you're not with us you're against us and that sort of absurd duality just drives me up the wall i hate that no i totally agree well i mean it feels very fair weather and that's Mm -hmm. something that's been irritating to me as of late not just with politics but just in life this idea of fair weather relationships relationships uh that if you don't agree on everything, it just, you discount a person. And I don't feel like that's fair. And a lot of my closest friends and I do not necessarily agree 100% on things. Or we agree, but we agree on different aspects of it. Or we agree, but one person is far more intensely entrenched in that topic than I am, or vice versa. And I guess I'd say, like, my life would be a far more boring place if I didn't have friends who I disagree with. Because I've taken the time to listen and learn and it's also affected, you know, some of my belief points. And yeah, of course, it's great when you can get along and agree with someone on all the core issues. Like, that's nice. But I feel like it's when you have a dialogue, an intellectual and respectful dialogue with someone that you don't necessarily agree with but that you listen to them and you hear them and where they're coming from. You hear their story and how they got to where they are. And you learn a lot. Like, it's, it's a different story. Everyone has their own, their own map of how they got to whatever their political affiliation, whatever their geographical location. These are the things that make us. And I think just as if I would like to know how a person I met in a bar ended up in Seattle, I would like to know how... The person at that bar ended up, you know, a communist or a, you know, a conservative Republican or libertarian or a very liberal Democrat. Like, I'd like to know how, why, why are you moderate? Are you fiscally conservative? Are you socially liberal? Like, I, I like to know these things. And I think I grew up in very much a bubble with my parents because they had very similar beliefs. And it wasn't until I got to college that I did question, you know, some of those things. And I'm not saying I disagree with them or I agree with them. I'm just saying I got to understand the bigger picture beyond my upbringing. And that was helpful. So, yeah. And it's interesting to look at that, not just at the political, but also in just opinion in general. Like, a good example is fandom. If you like this movie, you are an idiot. If you hate this movie, you're an idiot. Or um, any sort of opinion-based 
thing on art, you know, if you can't recognize the brilliance of Mark Twain, then you're insane. Now, granted, I really like Mark Twain, but I understand he was also racist, and that's really hard for people to swallow. Like, straight up, he tried to be kind of nice about it, but he was super racist. So, or, like, uh, Kipling, another good one. He wrote The White Man's Burden, for God's sake. <laughs> like, authors and different works that I may enjoy are, are, could be terrible. And same with some movies and anything that's subjective. Because if there was a political philosophy that was perfect, it probably would have caught on by now. Um, and we're always going to be in a state of disagreement and trying to find balance and equilibrium and I'm going to believe what I believe and you're going to believe what you believe. But the inability to have a respectful discourse about our disagreements is just... I just, I see people on TV and I think, who raised you? Like, in what world have you grown up with that this behavior is okay? That you can completely dismiss other human beings out of turn because they challenge you? It, it blows my mind. If you, if you can't stop and take a second to reevaluate based on new information, you're not thinking you're just talking. Yeah, I feel like that could be said of a lot of people right now, particularly mm. the ones on television. Oh my god. I it's... saw I saw a really great article on the Onion that said, you know, they're talking about the um, evaluation of the Obamacare replacement bill, and it just said, you know, twenty-four million Americans will have less Americans will be covered under this bill and the poll quote was i can't wait to see how the democrats squander 25 24 million sure thing votes in 2020 <laughs> and it just made me laugh <laughs> yep uh, politics gotta love not knowing if i have insurance um ooh, being in our 20s is fun right well don't worry you won't have to deal with it much longer neither will because i'll be dead soon no, although it's always possible. I mean, yeah, the rate I'm going. You could get hit by a bus. Don't get hit by a bus. I mean, I don't have to worry about any of this. I'm going to God's country soon, and they'll take care of me there. Yay! When are you headed? Uh, August. Oh, back God's country. I thought you meant Montana. <laughs> no, I'm going there in June. Yeah, wedding. I introduced the couple... Gotta Aww. kick it up. Um, <laughs> Reference. Si se puede. Si se puede. <laughs> you and Maya should get tattoos that say si se puede. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, that's not a thing we have, we've done yet. Yeah. Definitely no tattoos I'm, I'm embarrassed by. Wait, is getting, if, you're, if you're white and don't speak Spanish, is getting a tattoo in Spanish cultural appropriations? Yeah, no. I need a handbook. <laughs> Probably. I, I have an, I have Italian tattooed on me, so I'm sure I'm. Yeah, but you're Italian. Someone off. Yeah. So. I mean, but everyone's a little bit Italian. Everybody's a little Not... bit Viking too. Those guys. Oof. Well, Dan, it's been a pleasure. It's I'm really pleasure glad that that we could uh, meet in the daytime. Well, it's daytime still for me, if you can't tell. Daytime has just ended for me, as well as my medicine. So I'm gonna. So, get on that because we really don't want you to cough until you collapse and die. Bye. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. well, I, I I am very glad we got to chat. Me too. I'm very sorry that we are both sick, and I hope that when we record again, we are both feeling better and can talk more about all the creative things we're doing. I'm trying to write a script. Look at you. Like. Well, because you were talking to me about like doing like either a podcast, a scripted podcast, or a scripted YouTube thing. That that's something I should look into. And so I was trying to decide if I wanted to like try and make something. And then I, so I've just been fucking around with that idea. None of it feels like it's falling yet. Me myself, I like to. Uh, I like to do 
like rewrite stories mm -hmm. so it would just probably be a modern retelling of something really basic but I also liked the idea of doing a pod, uh, not a podcast, like a YouTube show where it's people and they're like doing confessionals, but each confessional is to song lyrics. Like, so it's just like, but that's all it is, is it's just a song. And so there's like a story clipped together, but all these people are somehow connected, but it's figuring out how to show how they're connected. Would you um, call it a dashboard confessional? Yeah, that's definitely what I would call it. Um, yes, you should drop your mic. I <laughs> just bat it off my desk. Yeah. Like the cat. All right, my recommendation for you this week is to sleep. <laughs> hey, my recommendation for you is to hydrate. Good recommendations. Hey. Destiny All right. approved. Well, good night, everybody. <laughs> How dare you?